Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So today's the day. Brittany's book is out, and um, she spared very few from her <laughs> oh, anger. There was one person who was spared, which is interesting. Sam Asgari. We'll get, we'll to get that. into it in a minute. But Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, not so much. Yeah, they got it right between the eyes. Uh, because one of the things that Brittany complains about, and there are several in the book, but one of the things she really is holding on to is a 2003 Rolling Stone cover. That cover right there with um, Justin Christina Aguilera. Christina. Yeah, and they were they did this cover story with Rolling Stone to promote their tour that was going on that year. Obviously, Justin had just started his solo career and went we out on tour with we Christina. We should say this is 2003. So it's the so year it's the after. year after they broke up. Brittany and Justin broke up. Right, and clearly it did not land well with Brittany. Here's what she says in the book. Uh, they were together on the cover of Rolling Stone, him in a black tank top, looking at her with sexy eyes. Her looking, am I supposed to do this with a straight face? Yeah, do it with a straight face. Her looking out at the camera, wearing a lace-up black shirt, in that story, she said she thought Justin and I should get back together, which was just confusing, given how negative she'd been elsewhere. Even if they weren't trying to be cruel, it felt like they were just pouring salt in the wound. Why was it so easy for everyone to forget that I was a human being, vulnerable enough that these headlines could leave a bruise? So what she's saying is they shouldn't have been on the cover of Rolling Stone. And they shouldn't have promoted their tour. Maybe she's saying they shouldn't have gone on tour together, but a lot of fans, and you know that Britney has a very loyal legion of fans, <laughs> but a lot of them are saying, come on, get over yourself. But, um, but you know what's really interesting about this? So fans are saying that because say, they like Justin and they like Christina. It's probably Christina. Christina has very loyal fans also who are probably, and right. they're like, come on, what, what are they supposed to do? They're artists who, and there, a lot of people are pointing out that no, we're they not were gonna, friends also, by well, the way. Well, also, they were broken up. Just, uh, Justin and Brittany were broken up. This is business, putting them this on the cover. This is business, and by the way, business. and they are friends also. Christina did an interview not that long ago, and she was asked about Brittany's book if she was kind of worried that maybe Brittany would say something about her, and she's like, well, like, I hope I'm not in it. I hope we're good, kind of thing, but everyone saw this coming because there has been, like, some weird tension between them throughout the years. It's really interesting she said that. I hope I'm not in it. Because she is laying out a lot of grievances in this book. And I know people have grievances in their lifetime and whatnot. But, you know, she goes after her family. She goes after Christina. She goes after Justin really hard. She goes after the stupid snake from the VMAs. The snake hissed at her. <laughs> from the VMA performance, she said that the snake, she thought that snake was going to attack her in the middle now, she says that somehow the cameras missed this, but that we didn't see the moment the snake looked her in the eyes, hissed, and stuck out its tongue. And she, at that point, said that she was terrified it was going to attack her, and that's when she 
shortly thereafter, then hands it to someone else. So let's talk about the one person who dodged a bullet here, which is Sam Asghari, her estranged husband, soon-to-be-divorced husband. Um, you would have thought, because Brittany um, was able to re-edit at the very end after Sam left her. And so a lot of people, myself included, mm -hmm. thought that she might revise some of what she was saying might about say the marriage. something about the split or, or just take him out altogether. Well, because we knew it was a very acrimonious split. Um, he, w w look, we, we have told you about this before, that he says she had gotten physical with him before, even injured him. Um, they had screaming matches all the time, so you thought some of that would be in there. It is the opposite. Oh, no. She gave him a glowing review, you guys. In fact, she even called him a gift from God and credited him with giving her the courage to speak out about the conservatorship because, remember, when they first linked up, it was in 2016, he was one of, like, the actors in her Slumber Party music video. That's how they met. She said she was immediately smitten with him, and he was there by her side when she was getting out of this conservatorship and really, uh, you know, said that it was because of him that she was able to finally speak out, speak her truth. Um, but yeah, as you said, Harvey, like we know this was kind of a nasty divorce. So it, it kind of points to maybe some settlement oh, yeah. or like getting close to some they, settlement. I think this means that they have worked out whatever their differences And are. there is some non-disparagement clause because remember when we got him 100%. a couple weeks ago, 100%. he said glowing things. 100%. Yeah. Uh, my name is Janelle Vanoy. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And look, Britney Spears is spilling all the tea because she hasn't been able to since she was in the spotlight. And the whole thing with Sam is because he protected her. Even though they had a lot of fights and they had a lot of bad things happen behind the scenes, at the end of the day, when you look around, Sam was the only one there for her, no matter what she was going through. And he stood by her that entire time. So I expect that. Honestly, I didn't expect her to talk about any of that stuff. And on top of that, people gotta stop sharing everything in the book. Cause I'm like, I wanna read it now, but you tell it so much. Well, it ain't <laughs> just it ain't just us, it's been everywhere. Yeah, so everyone's on. talking about Come it. On. Okay, uh, by gotta, the way, we didn't even get into the stuff that she talks about her childhood. Okay, God, we gotta move on. Yeah, Enough. Yeah, gotta, <laughs> I just want her to know we didn't tell her everything. We're moving on. Right. Moving on now uh, to an incredible collection of uh, celebrities, publicists, lawyers. Anyone involved, it seems, in the Hollywood industry uh, all put their names to a letter to President Biden urging him to get all the hostages home, the 200 plus hostages being held by Hamas, that they should make a promise that they're going to get every single one of those hostages out of Gaza. I'm not sure I understand what's behind that because of course, Everybody wants to get it the hostages. It does seem like, but I, I mean, look, right? you should say the names on this list, it, it is, it really does feel like it's everyone. It's Chris Rock, it's uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, it's um, Can I ask you Adam Sandler, but, but, I, it's- Let me ask you something. Who doesn't want to get the hostages out? Bradley Cooper, yeah, you, I mean, you're right. You know what you're I mean? Right. It's like, it's a non-statement. Of course everybody wants the hostages out. This is Hollywood yeah. just staying in this narrow lane so that nobody gets criticized. Of course everybody wants the hostages out. Of course. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a more purposeless letter. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're staying these platitudes. We want the hostages out. Of, of course, there's nobody who doesn't. Right. We, we want peace. Of, of course, we, we all do. But what is it that you're exactly trying to accomplish with the letter? That's where I'm confused. Well, but you're not confused because you're right. It's what this it's is, platitudes. But we've seen this for- I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to be critical because- But we've seen this for two weeks now, right? That celebrities, there have been celebrities who have 
taken a side, if you will, right? And anyone who takes a side then gets the arrows pointed at them, right? And so this is something they feel we can say that we are watching what's happening there, we are interested in what's happening there, and this is what we'd like to well, see you happen are, you without- You are generous today. That's, well, no, because look, I agree with you, but the fact is it's a non-statement because everybody wants the hostages out. Everybody wants to get these hostages I, out. I just wish they had spelled out what they really mean. And, right. I, and I think I'm interpreting this. I think what they're saying is, please do not start this land assault before Which they didn't the say, but right. there was a letter before that last Thursday That's right. that um, was more specific. That, that specifically, that one called, and there were fewer people, but still a long list of celebrities on that one who said, we want peace, that there should be a ceasefire, and that's, that's it. Well, now, okay. now I, calling for a ceasefire does seem... Um, well, that's a statement. Yes. Because the statement of a ceasefire is that you are going to allow... They want Israel to stop attacking. Right, so you are going to then allow Hamas to come back in and try to exterminate the Jews in Israel and, and Israel. Presumably their, peace, their ceasefire means Hamas should not be... Attacking you. Yeah, either. yeah. Well, I, wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, that's, that's exactly what the ceasefire right. means. And Hamas is going to. Hamas attacked in the first place. This was a terrorist attack. Right. And the idea that there's going to be a ceasefire now invites Hamas just to do it again. Why would they not do it, it again? It's a pretty Pollyanna statement to say that there's going to be a ceasefire right. and neither. I mean, look, we're, we're 4,000 years into <laughs> exactly. periodic ceasefires that always break down into war and of chaos course. again. And the idea that we're going to have one now that it would do any good, that it would be lasting, is, is, is sort of, it's foolish, right? I mean, we just sort of need to accept what, what's happening. We called a bunch of people, by the way, on that list for, that, for the one you're talking yes. about, the recent one. Nobody would come on and talk about it because they know we're going to ask them, well, okay, why, if there's a ceasefire. Why are you taking that position? Right, because and, yeah. you know Hamas is going to go back in and do the same thing again, right? I don't think they wanted to answer that. Hi there, Krista, Midlands, UK. I've got to say, when I heard this story, I shook my head. I just think it's beyond ridiculous. Like, if we play that out for a second, Joe Biden's going to get this open letter and be like, what? Oh, my God, The Rock signed this. Like, are you kidding me? And there's another thing, too. Read the room. It's an open letter to Hamas, a terrorist organization that literally has expressed hatred for the Western world. And I'm sorry, Hollywood is a big part of that. Like, the, the, the level of narcissism in this really upsets me. If you want to do something, donate some money to the victims. Don't sign some stupid open letter. I agree. That for, for what it's worth, you should go to the website, TMZ.com, and look at the list, because you can read this list. It is several hundred people. And... Every time I look at it, I see a new name that I didn't realize was on and there. There are a lot it's... of names on there. Yeah. Well, Ice Cube has been uh, shouting this from the rooftops for, uh, for a long time. And now, uh, TMZ Sports broke a big story that shows maybe there's something to what Ice Cube has been saying about his, uh, his basketball league, the Big Three. He has said that the NBA will not work with them and has been basically trying to freeze them out. So well, the Justice Department mm -hmm. is now investigating to see if the NBA um, violated. has violated the antitrust laws by trying to crush, allegedly crush, uh, the, big the Big Three. Three. And uh, they are pointing to a variety of things they're looking at from allegations uh, that uh, the players of the NBA are not allowed to play in the Big Three offseason, the refs can't play, 
uh, the refs can't ref uh, the big three in the offseason, and on and on. Yeah, it, it, Harv, uh, also that uh, they, they claim that uh, the uh, NBA has exerted their influence in the sports world to dissuade possible big three partners from doing business with the league. From Television networks. Right, right. So this is an investigation that, that has been happening. It's been ongoing for months now. Ice Cube, Ice Cube's partner, they have both sat down with DOJ attorneys. So this is something that, this is a real legitimate investigation here. And obviously the NBA could be made to pay a whole bunch of money if ultimately it's found out that they violated these. And they are, the investigation has included, uh, the, the, we know that the Department of Justice is reaching out to NBA owners, right. Um, right. asking them about their practices and why certain things are done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is uh, a I, serious issue for the NBA because I, like we said, Mike, you know this, that like Ice Cube has been saying, complaining about this, and you kind of felt like it was falling on deaf ears, and some people probably thought, oh, he's just you know, complaining because his business, didn't, he didn't get some deal that he wanted for the big three, but obviously right. there's you know, something that, that they're at least right. investigating. Well, yeah, now, we don't know whether the Justice there may not end up action, but, right. but they have been investigating, and the fact that it's now reached the level of talking to the owners, um, I think is really interesting. The owners, um, my understanding, my recon is, they are standing firmly behind the NBA on this and saying mm. that there's no anti-competitive. Right. Another action. thing that the uh, that the, uh, the that they're looking at here is is whether or not NBA owners have obviously been told you can't have anything to do with the Big Three. There's no investing in Big Three organizations if you also own an NBA franchise. I, I'll say this: I, I did talk to the NBA last night, and and they said first of all, as far as the claims to them trying to undermine the Big Three's business, they said that's just flat out not true. They also alluded to Ice Cube and the Big Three being bitter that the NBA chose not to invest in the Big Three League, and they believe that's why Ice Cube is sort of kicking up or, or making a fuss here because he's, a, he's upset, he's mad at the NBA for well, not investing. It is weird why they, I mean, it is a very, the Big Three watch some of the games on, on TV. It's very entertaining, and why not let some, because some of the, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, NBA players... They play in other leagues in the offseason, right? Charles. Like yeah, people may have heard sharp. of the Drew League. It's like this famous league in L.A. You've had, you know, everyone from Kobe Bryant to LeBron James have, have played in games like this. So that's what the, I think the big three is, is saying here. You know, if, it's, if there's a rule and nobody is allowed to play outside of the NBA, fine. But why does it seem like we are being singled out or targeted as hmm. the league that they can't play in where they're allowed to play other places? Hey, guys, Bo Morgan here in Atlanta. Look, I can see both sides of this story. First off. The NBA should not threatened. I don't think is threatened in any way by the big three. They're completely different games. This is more like an and one league than it is what the NBA product is. And they've even played in NBA arenas. That being said, I can see the owners in the NBA as a league protecting their investment with their advertisers. Not to mention they don't want to see one of their guys out here getting injured in a in a big three event, and now you lose a player that's only fully guaranteed contract for at least one season. So you can kind of see both sides of this, but I, I'm not sure in any way, shape, or form the NBA should be threatened by the big three. Yeah, I mean, I, it seems ridiculous to me too. Okay, we got to move on. We got yes. stuff to do. Big news from Jennifer Lopez. People to uh, talk about. She has unloaded, uh, I guess, the last remnants of her uh, single life. Her single life, and that would be the enormous mansion that she uh, used to live in, in Bel Air, 
Um, near the Bel Air Hotel. This is actually a record-breaking sale uh, um, for this area. It's the most that they've ever gotten in this area, 34 million bucks. Ooh, yeah. well, that's uh, impressive. And the owner for that 34 million, look at what they're getting. It's I mean, beautiful. it is. Nine bedrooms, 13 baths. I mean, plenty of room. But I mean, she she bought it in Ooh, 2016 for 28 million. Originally, back in February, she listed it for 42. But I guess 34, uh, still a profit. So good. And good still for a record. So uh, you know. I yeah, guess. well, because I know she uh, listed this once. Uh, her and Ben got together. Ben listed his bachelor Pretty. pad around the same time, and they bought that big 60 million dollar home together. So obviously, uh, they don't need these ones. I just when you look at when you look at that place, I just thought. I remember thinking this when they got together. I was like, why couldn't they just live there? Well, you know what they were going to do. They were going to. They didn't. I don't think they liked it as much as we're liking it right now yeah. because they were going to renovate it at first, and they were going to do a <laughs> lot of work. And remember, they rented Packer's house, and they were going to stay in That's it for right. over a year. Well, they renovated that, and they just changed their mind. They said, screw it, we'll just sell it. <laughs> sell it, and we'll go buy sixty million dollars. By the way. Uh, J-Lo had quite the busy weekend, turns out. Um, she went to Vegas and took in not just one, but two very popular shows there. Um, she went to Usher's show. And he didn't bring her up. On Friday night. Uh, she, she did not get the, the lap dance treatment. I'm sure Ben's just fine with that. <laughs> um, but she had a good time there. And then on Saturday night, she went to see Adele. Um, and like I think a lot of people do when they see Adele, which is a shame because Adele's voice is so great. Everybody sings along, but like, if there's someone you should just be quiet and listen to, it's Adele. But JLo had a great time. Uh, Adele shouted her out um, and said, "Thank you, JLo, for coming out." So, big weekend for her in Vegas. Now, if you're feeling inspired and maybe you want to have a big weekend or, in Vegas or envious, yeah. Well, guess what? We got you covered. Yep. Uh, with the TMZ. High Roller Sweepstakes. Uh, this is a lot of fun, and we are giving away a trip to um, Las Vegas at Palms Casino Resort or at uh, Yamava Resort and Casino. But there are lots this of week, perks. Lots of perks. This week, we are giving away the Palms. So you can go to Vegas, where you are going to get full VIP treatment there at Palms. You're going to get round-trip airfare, limo ride from the airport. Uh, you're going to get... $500 for gambling, you're gonna get $800 for food, for restaurants. Can we flip that? I was thinking, what if I wanna? No, 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 I was thinking the same What if I wanna flip that? I don't think that? you can flip it. Uh, $500 for souvenirs, you get $500 at the spa. Um, this is and, like the mother load. Yeah, so it look, is. So it's, look, it's simple to do. All you have to do is watch TMZ Live or TMZ on TV. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna do a word of the day that you're gonna see in the screen. Once you see that word, Log on to TMZ sweepstakes.com sweepstakes and, and you get details on how you enter. That's gonna, we're running this through November 17th. So uh, lots of opportunities to win an incredible. Do you know how fast I could lose trip. $500 of the gambling? Day? I've seen <laughs> very quickly. An absolutely terrifying uh, moment that played out on a commuter flight. Uh, this past weekend, a commuter flight from just outside Seattle in Everett, Washington, to San Francisco. Now, the flight was aboard a Horizon Airlines flight. It was a small commuter plane, um, but there was an Alaska Airlines pilot on board. Now, both airlines are managed by the same company, so as a courtesy, they had 
the uh, Alaska Airlines pilot sitting in the cockpit with them. In, in, the, the, jump ju in the jump seat. He was, it, it, this happens very frequently yeah. where pilots who are deadheading will jump on the, in the jump seat. Look at you knowing all the aviation terms, deadheading. Hmm? Uh, well, this particular pilot, during the flight, his name is Joseph Emerson, snapped, had some sort of breakdown, and according to the people in the cockpit, tried to down the plane with 83 people aboard. By disabling the engines, there are two controls um, on the roof where you can, um, where you can actually... It's a, an emergency lever that would shut off the, the engine. The fuel, and the plane would have gone down. So we got today the audio from inside the cockpit. This, this is just after uh, Emerson was subdued, and the pilots are now reporting to the ground what happened. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit, um, and he doesn't sound like he's causing any issue in the back right now. I think he's subdued. Other than that, uh, yeah, we want a lot of person as soon as we get on the ground. Seems like he's middled down as soon as he, uh, after one moment of going uh, a little bit overboard, uh, we put him back. So it escalated to a four. Uh, he's out of the cockpit now. He's uh, handcuffed and he's in the half back jump seat when law enforcement arrives. And uh, right now he's uh, staying calm. So it he's, almost, it he's, almost sounds like they were trying to go easy on him to say that he went a little overboard. A little overboard? Well, clearly, I mean, it's terrifying. He's been charged with 83 counts of attempted murder because that's how many people were on the plane. So we have a lot of questions about this. How on earth? Because this guy, by the way, was a husband, a father, seemed totally normal. I believe he was in his 40s, is in his 40s. And there was nothing to suggest that he might be of this state of mind. And that is terrifying, by the way, this has happened before. It's happened yep, with a pilots. number of flights where pilots have downed the plane. Some people think this is what happened with Malaysian Air. Right. But it happened right. with a PSA flight in San Luis Obispo. Egypt Air uh, flight That's uh, right. back in the late 90s, I believe. So This just brings it back to, this, to the forefront, and it is a terrifying thought. Yes. So uh, joining us right now, someone we've had on before. He is an aviation consultant and expert, former United Airlines pilot, uh, Kit Darby, welcome back to TMZ Live. Thanks for having me. So, Kit, th this is so terrifying. This guy had undergone a mental and physical evaluation a month earlier, and clearly they picked up nothing. Um, that scares everybody, I think. So can you reassure us, or is it false reassurance? Well, let's, let's put it in perspective. There's almost 40 million flights a year about 30,000 flights a day here in the United States. This is extremely rare. Some of the examples you pointed out were active pilots, not the pilot on the jump seat. So there, there's a handful of these out of 40 million flights a year for many years. So it's, it's extremely rare. There's obviously something else going on here. I mean, you know, the, the mental checks that we do for pilots are uh, cursory. You know, the military does a, a more in-depth analysis. Many of our pilots have a military background. But on a day-to-day -day basis, pilots are flying with another pilot. When they do their medical, they engage socially with the doctor, as well as having their vision and hearing and all that checked. And there's, like, that's, the promise is that if something's wrong, then we go into a more in-depth review. Uh, the pilot, of course, is charged with removing himself from service if he feels he's not fit. So there's a whole bunch of checks and balances, but in this case, uh, it didn't work. So, Kit, when they do the mental evaluation part of this, 
Uh, and I and I understand obviously there are ways that people can just lie, but what exactly happens? Is it a is it a list of questions like, or is just the doctor asking general questions about what's going on in your life, how you're feeling, or is there an actual <laughs> checklist of things that are that well, are? Well, there, there's 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 it's a general conversation. In other words, the pilots he flies with would report him as well if he had issues, but the doctor is supposed to engage him. So it's not a list of questions or a test. It's nothing, it's not formal. A pilot's basically being evaluated continuously by his flying partners, his instructors, his managers. He's subject to spot checks. He takes this annual or every six month evaluation and he's, the doctor has been instructed to engage. That's come up a little bit with one or two incidents over the last few years where that's been re-emphasized for the doctor to do that, but it's, it's still informal. So I wanna ask a mechanical question because one of the things that really alarmed me as I was reading about this is that you have these two levers and you can cut the fuel supply off on both engines. If he had done that, could they have restarted it? Because the way they made it sound like was like, if he did it, the, the plane was gonna crash. So could you explain that? Well, uh, you reach up, you pull a handle, uh, electrically valves are closed around the airplane, the fuel is cut off. And then it takes the, a while for the fuel that's in the line to be consumed and eventually the engine would quit. Um, obviously the engine quitting, if you're at altitude, say 30,000 feet, and you would glide 2,000 feet a minute, you're still 15, 20 minutes from the ground. So all you have to do to get it going again is put the handle back where it was before. Not that big a deal. The, the intent is the big deal. I mean, there's something very seriously wrong uh, that with a pilot who himself knows everything I just said in detail, and he would then take these actions. I mean, he's trying to harm himself and in the process, perhaps harm the other people on the airplane too. Uh, it, it makes no sense. There's more to this story. We just don't have the details yet. Yeah. Yeah. And in this case, the crew, they did subdue the right him and get yeah. him out of there. So okay, kid. Uh, we Thank so, you so appreciate much, uh, you uh, cluing us in here. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks again. Whew. I want to find that simulator he's got there. And he can do it backwards. <laughs> okay, we're taking a break. Yes. All right. Uh, when we come back, we got some big news uh, from the Cobain family about Frances Bean and who she just got married to. Two Huge families in entertainment coming together. By the way, married by another huge name in entertainment. Talk about a star-studded wedding. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Uh, two celebrity families have now been united. Um, in, in holy matrimony. In holy matrimony. <laughs> We've invited you here today uh, for the union of one Francis, uh, Francis Cobain, Francis Bean Cobain. Uh, you know, of course, Kurt, uh, Kurt Cobain's daughter, Kurt and- And Courtney Love. And Courtney Love's daughter. Um, but she got married recently and Pull this off very quietly, which is really shocking when you find out, one, who she married, and two, 
who actually the officiant who carried out the uh, the wedding ceremony. So she married Tony Hawk's son Riley. Yes, the Cobain family and the Hawk empires are now Merged. united. That is really something when you um, think about it. Yeah, um, and there were plenty of uh, celebrities there. Like this is. This is a big deal. And it somehow went under the radar, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah they got married October 7th, and the former frontman of uh, REM, uh, Michael Stipe, was actually- No, 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 not going to let that go. Wow, this is way before my time. Oh, man. Come on, Nikki. I'm just kidding. REM frontman Michael Stipe actually performed the ceremony, and then also Stipe is her godfather, and her godmother is Drew Barrymore. So like you guys said, star-studded. We don't know who else was there. We don't know exactly where they um, got married. We do know that they got obtained their marriage license in San Diego County. So somewhere down in San Diego uh, is where they got married. She's, I know that Francis used, at least did live down there, so that makes sense. I just think it's um, so unbelievable that this kind of star power and nobody knew because they had a party apparently. Yeah. And nobody knew anything about this until we you broke. Know, you know how they keep it quiet? How? Nobody posts on social media. As long as what, they don't put it on social what a concept. media. What I know. A concept. I know. People, <laughs> there you go. That's how you keep things secret these days. So congratulations to them. Yeah. Uh, if anybody has any objection to this uh, union, please speak now or forever hold your peace. I'm Andrew Chavon. I'm an elder millennial. So this is like the royal wedding for me. I mean, that other person wasn't that excited, but I am psyched. <laughs> this is like if, if Tim Allen married Olive Hansen. <laughs> it could happen. Wait a minute, two things. An elder millennial, I love that, that you actually own that. An elder millennial, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm not quite Gen X, but I'm not like a young millennial. You know, like I don't think a young millennial would care about this. Well, the but, good news uh, is, Nikki, he just referred to you as young. Okay, my second thing, <laughs> my second thing that I just got to know real quick is where are you? That is that like a warehouse type it's thing? A it's a backdrop. No, it's oh my gosh, Harvey, it's a background. Oh, that's a background. Yeah, this is a Skype thing. Oh, <gasps> okay, like I didn't know. I mean, it could have been. You real. You could tell by how this his face oh. was sort of <laughs> shaved off. Okay, on well, his it eye. could have been real. I'm sorry. Okay, let's move on. Oh my gosh, and you do know the pilot okay. we spoke to last segment was not really. I knew that it was flying backwards. That was a simulator. <laughs> We're gonna move on. No, it wasn't a real simulator. Anyway, moving on. Uh, to the big question oh, I that, that was real. <laughs> it gets you every time. Uh, so a lot of people have been talking about this viral question that's been going around in social media for years about Jay-Z. Uh, and the reason they're talking about it this week is Jay-Z finally answered the question himself. Which is the, the obvious goes, answer. The way it goes, the question is, would you rather take $500,000 yes. or, <laughs> or have dinner with Jay-Z where presumably he could spill out all sorts of secrets that would unlock $500,000, $500,000, $500,000, no offense to Jay-Z. Uh, no offense to Jay-Z. And that's what Jay-Z himself said this right. week when he answered the question. So um, Rick Ross heard that Jay had answered the question and Rick disagrees, strongly disagrees. In fact, says he has firsthand experience that Jay-Z is wrong on the answer uh, about his own dinner. Uh, here's Rick's view uh, and what he chose, although I guess nobody was offering him 500000 but here's what happened. Rose, would you take the half a million dollars for the dinner with Jay-Z? I'm going to take the dinner, and I'm going to tell you why. In 08, before I turned in my second album, I had a meeting with Hove. We went to lunch. Philippe Child, Manhattan. He said, Rose, versus writing 
to every beat you like, right to every record you can make work. So I went from writing one record to every 80 beats I like to writing 40 records out of every 80 beats I could make work. It took me to another level as a writer, another level as an artist. The amount of work I was putting out was next level. So you gotta ask yourself, are you ready to digest the knowledge or you just wanna look at this watch at the table? <laughs> That's hysterical. He basically says, if you are ready to digest the knowledge that Jay-Z has, the, the knowledge and the information is priceless. So that's why he's saying to take the lunch. He's saying that once Jay-Z gave him that, that tidbit, that little help, he said his workload was cut in half. He like kind of opened the gates to a new working dimension, and he just said it made life so much easier. Well, wait a minute, but, but Tawanda, I got a question. He also said it was got, his second album. It was album his second was album. So he, he already was already talent. rich, I was right? just about to say, but you know, <laughs> to have, I'm sure he already had $500,000 in his bank account, so he didn't really need the money, so it's great. If you already got the money, you're rich, go have the lunch with Jay-Z, but for us normal folks down here, you know, give me the money. My name is Nandi from West Virginia. My thoughts on this are it's easier for Rick to say, but like if I sit at dinner with him, he's just gonna tell me to work hard, so it's pointless. Right, <laughs> exactly. Ex follow your dreams. Yeah. Well, you don't know. I mean, no, it's no shame. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. You could have dinner with Jay Z. He might give you an incredible idea for uh, a new show. I understand that. He might give you an incredible idea for a new website. I understand that, but. The that would then unlock way more than half a million. But then I gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm in an advanced age like, where I don't think this is gonna- Thanks a lot, Jay. Uh, TikTok. Well. Uh, Philippe Chow, shout out. The two teens in Nevada who did just an, I mean, the first video we saw of this last month, they've been arrested, they've been charged with murder. As they should be. They've been charged with attempted murder. And now we are seeing the attempted murder part of this. The first video that we saw, they ran over the driving in a car. They mowed down a guy on a bicycle. Who was a former police chief, as it turns out. He was the second person- By the way. That they'd hit on a bicycle that day. Apparently intentional. Yes, both times from what we see in the video, intentional. So now police have released the video of their first victim. This is just awful. And you hear one of the kids saying, go ahead, just tap him. Now, they are lucky that this particular cyclist was not killed. He actually only sustained a small knee injury, um, but he's the attempted murder charge. Right, and because this is a deadly weapon and it could likely cause death when you do something like that. And later that day, it did cause death. Right. So this is just an awful crime spree that these kids were allegedly, I mean, we're supposed to say allegedly, but we see it in the video. And police eventually caught up with them and once they had one of the suspects in their patrol car driving to the station, uh, this is the conversation between the officer and uh, one of the suspects. It's all right. We got so much video surveillance, dude. Is that right? 100% is. We got video surveillance. We got your boy. Your boy ratted you out. Is it really that serious? Yeah, it is. Like for real? Yeah. Over supposedly me crashing a car. It's a lot worse than that. It's really upsetting to hear them in the back seat because you realize it dawns on you how young these two kids are. And their whole life has changed now. They're hit with attempted murder, murder, and it's really unfortunate. It looks like it was kind of a YouTube prank. They were recording themselves tapping people with their with their car and unfortunately killed someone and seriously injured someone else. It's it's just awful. You know the way the legal system works. What they're gonna say is 
We never intended to kill anybody. We were just pulling a prank. We just intended to tap them. So what they're going to go for is either some kind of a reduced charge that it won't be murder, that it might be involuntary manslaughter, something like that. I mean, that's the game is to show right. intent, uh, which is relevant in a murder case. But that's clearly the way this is going to play out. Hey, guys, it's Autumn Joy Live calling from Prince George's County, Maryland. And I don't know, could this be considered premeditated? I mean, we do hear them in the car laughing. Um, at one point, someone made a comment about just go ahead and hit them. So technically, could this be that? Also, let's take into account there's something called parental liability, and then there's something called parental responsibility. This absolutely could be a parental responsibility where laws can subject the parents to lawsuits or criminal sanctions. So I I do think that it's time that we hold the adults accountable for the sins of their children, if you will. I mean, I just feel like at this point, it's getting out of hand. Every single day we're hearing about something that these teens are doing, smash and grab jobs in different stores, uh, grabbing people's purses and bags as they're walking along, minding their business, and now hitting people on bikes. I mean, I do think at some point the parents need to come into play. Well, we should say one thing. One of the kids is 18, so the parents have no liability with that with right. a kid because he's, he's an adult. What state is this? Nevada. I don't know what Nevada law is, but there is parental liability when it comes to supervision or willful misconduct in some states. Um, I don't know what Nevada is, but the law really varies from state to state. So Dave Chappelle's uh, show in Boston, where he started talking about the is conflict between Israel and Hamas, um, caused huge stir. There were audience members who walked out. Some of them were yelling at Dave. They were yelling back and forth at each other. People chose sides. Um, and the fallout from that is that instead of Dave being, and I think this is interesting, especially for someone like Dave Chappelle, who has been met with all sorts of controversies in the past, um, there is a group that is at least one group, and maybe more, that want to have a sit down with Dave to help him understand their side of what's going on there, um, an organization that uh, advocates for uh, Jewish people around the world. Um, but they want to have a sit down with Dave. Obviously, they feel that he doesn't um, have a, a full understanding, they feel at least, of what's going on over there. So the way they explained it to us was they felt like Dave Chappelle is someone who's very intentional with his words. And one of the things that they took problem with during a show in Boston last week was a part when he was criticizing some of Israel's tactics and people in the crowd started standing up and screaming free Palestine. And what the American Jewish committee told us was that he should have clapped back and said, well, what does free Palestine mean? Because from their vantage point, that means eliminate Israel, which, of course, they find very offensive. Bald News Network, Alabama. I would like to first say shalom and assalamu alaikum because we all need peace. And I want peace between Dave Chappelle and the American Jewish Committee. And hopefully they can come together and give different perspectives because Dave Chappelle is uh, pro-Palestine and the American Jewish Committee has been hurt. So I'm hoping that they can come together and we can get peace. And I pray for peace over our king. Yeah. I, you know, and I just don't know. I've never said as we, as I don't pray for before. peace. I've never said I don't pray for peace. This time, Israel's got to take care of Hamas, and then we need peace. But they've got to take care of it because right now it's survival. Because the terrorists 
never want peace. That's right. That's, that's absolutely true. What else do you guys want to talk about? Uh, this is Donnie ATB Parmalee from Chicago. I feel like uh, the big three, it's a good league, but it's for retirees and people like that in the Drew Leagues. I don't think that the NBA really want to just come out and say it, but I think that's uh, they're not really going to, uh, you know, agree with it. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> DOJ will sort it out. Okay, one, one more. more. Hi. My name is Candace Evans. I go to Azusa Pacific University, and we're going to be talk. I'm going to be commenting on Britney Spears. Honestly, I'm not going to be fake about it. I grew up on Britney. I love Britney. I know that it's giving Jada, but also I will always take that woman's side. So if she says her ex was a gift from God, then he was a gift of God. We weren't there. Mm. Okay, well, this is one thing, and I'm one of our Candace's, interns. Yes, here in the office is one of our interns. Uh, so you're, you already said you're from Azusa Pacific. How's, how's the internship going? It's going great. I'm learning so much. I think the biggest thing I've learned is that I can fight for my life and be productive from 6 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. <laughs> 4.30? She gets up early. All right. No, wait a minute. She's working an hour longer? Yeah. Then, what? yeah. Yeah. You should talk to Devin about this. <laughs> no, don't, actually, don't talk to Devin about it. Drake uh, is celebrating his 37th birthday. Uh, had a party down in Miami last night, as someone who posted it felt happy birthday to the goat. How do you blow that out? Uh, I don't <laughs> think you do. Huh. They're sparklers, they don't blow out hard. Oh. Um, but uh, aside from the very flashy cake, he also had uh, some celebrity bartenders slinging. A couple guys you might recognize, Aaron Paul, Brian Cranston. I'm sure they were probably- They're hawking their brews. Uh-huh. Yeah, what was it? Is it a vodka that? No, it's a um, mezcal. Right, it's a mezcal. Right. Um, so I'm sure they were. Wait, these guys are enough. Th these guys are playing the long game with this. They really are, They've man. Been doing I, this for a they long stand time. behind their brand and uh, the bar. <laughs> okay. Um, so happy birthday, Drake. Yeah. Uh, you're on the backside of 30, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>